Let's go. Okay, uh, we are now recording the Poptimus podcast, and today we have Dan Monaco and Dan Wecht. Am I pronouncing that correctly? You got it. You got it. Wecht. Okay, cool. So I know the both of you from the Tuesday Night Jam at The Country. You're both uh, Dan. Dan Wecht plays guitar. Dan Monaco plays keys. Yes. Plays with Kara in the house band in the house there. Band, yeah. Yep. So uh, thanks for coming on, guys. I'm glad to. Uh, I'm glad to have you. Thank yeah, you. For thanks for having us. us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We're excited. So you are both in a band together now called Mercury Blonde, right? That yes. is correct. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I saw some clips on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of bluesy, kind of funky. Yeah, we got some videos out on. Uh, Facebook and hopefully linking it up to a separate YouTube too and uh, Instagram and yeah I mean I feel like our our thing is you know mainly focusing on original music and we're going uh, the Americana folk blues jam funk jazz <laughs> almost everything you can you can put in there Southern rock <laughs> yeah we played uh, a couple shows out in East Nashville within the last couple months here. Um, did the uh, Crying Wolf, mm-hmm. did uh, Basement uh, OG. Basement right. OG. Basement OG, man. Yeah. The true basement. Absolutely. The actual basement. Uh, yeah. most, most recently we were um, at the country uh, Saturday a couple weeks ago uh, on a bill with Meg Williams, uh, Killer Blues. Shout out, shout out to Meg. Absolutely. Yeah, shout out to Meg Williams. And uh, let's see. Uh, we've got actually a big week coming up next uh, early November. We've got uh, three shows uh, next week, Monday. Yeah, Monday, we'll be... Monday the sixth. We got um, we're hosting what was it called the Nashville Nashville Masquerade, Masquerade over at Blue Bar with Ooh. several acts. Um, well, I think what we is the songwriter section, mm-hmm. uh, acoustic duo section, and uh, full full band segments at the end. And I think. We'll, we'll kind of go on last there and enjoy the night. That is an event our drummer, uh, Tyler Arlen Peck, put on for that. Also uh, for that plays moment. at the country. Also on, t- on Tuesday nights. He's a regular, yeah, for sure. I'm noticing a theme here. Yeah, um, for sure. Wednesday, we have a set at the Bowery Vault up in East Nashville, uh, off Gallatin. And uh, that'll be an early set. Uh, just us uh, there at the, at the Bowery Vault. Uh, have you ever, ever been up there? I haven't. It's a uh, so I played a show there a couple months ago when I was trying to figure out what it was. The pictures on their Yelp page made it look like a venue slash boutique clothing store. I couldn't quite get a clear picture of it, but when mm, I went, this in, sounds really familiar. Is it on Gallatin? It is on yeah. Gallatin, and it's in the back of like a store, right? Right, just up near Trinity. I have heard of this place. I know it. Walked in the place, and uh, it sure enough had a stage with uh, two uh, levels of just boots for sale, and clothes just all over the place. And I mean, not all over the place in a bad way. It's pretty well organized, I'd say. But yeah. uh, Vero and Emily, the two uh, uh, two two people who own the place and run it, um, it's it's their passion project, as as Vero explained to me. And sure enough, the place is a boutique clothing store slash venue. So and our, our drummer uh, Tyler and our and our main singer uh, Zach both got 
closed there, so they both bought bought their work, and Zach got this awesome corduroy, <laughs> this like maroon corduroy jacket. Oh that, yeah, like a smoker. I mean, oh yeah, smoking man. jacket, it's, it's like great. Hugh Hefner style. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he wears it everywhere. I mean, it, it's cool looking for sure, for sure. And Tyler got, I think, basically a full his, suit, his outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, his vest under, you know, vest button down shirt, pants to match, and you know, he's looking fly in that. But they up up there at the Bowery Vault, the. Uh, dress a lot they outfit a lot of bands a lot of artists that's uh-huh. kind of like when you walk into the place they have uh they have pictures of uh, all kinds of musicians artists bands from throughout the years photos that you know but when you look at them you don't think about that suit that chuck berry is wearing or that vest and bell bottoms right, that that robert plant's wearing it's um but when the these player, pictures are all yeah. together on like on the wall in this way it's uh you start to think about those sorts of things so it's the presentation of the place is pretty cool um friday then we will be at tennessee brew works mm-hmm. uh, on a bill with uh, uh adam corbin who will be headlining uh and then first world collective will be putting on a, mm-hmm. a show uh some of those guys are doing some pretty neat things mm-hmm. around and, uh, town zach Sarapas in our band too he got us he got us that gig he's also the the uh, music booking agent for Tennessee Brewers, so that that helps a little mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think that's how. Is that's he the, how I met him? Is I he the him. bass player? He is the um, lead singer. Okay. Singer, rhythm, rhythm guitar, some leads too. We've got a uh, string instrument aficionado, Clint Hartzell, mm-hmm. uh, who's picking up a bass and picking at that for us uh, on the low okay. end uh, for with with uh, with that band. But uh, yeah, Zach is the. Zach's the front man playing guitar and singing. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's his guitar in that first gig, the Crying Wolf. How we have the name? That's uh, true. We didn't have a name <laughs> for the first few weeks of uh, you know, collaboration. You're going off and, of fashion. Yeah, we're yeah. just we're just you know having, Very cool. having a good time. You know, getting together, jamming a few times a week, and uh, we get this first gig at the Crying Wolf, which was, you know, I love that place. It was really cool. Uh, and we're like, oh. We just, it was a we great, don't have a name. It was a great. <laughs> it was a great gig, but didn't didn't like three of you guys get booted or towed or something? Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. We'll cut to that in a second. So, <laughs> so the name Mercury Blonde. Right before uh, we we played that gig, uh, Zach got a new to him guitar, a uh, an old vintage harmony guitar from uh, Fanny's House of Music. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were just kind of spitballing names, you know, like just saying random words like you always do and see if something mm-hmm. sticks. And he said the, the color of his guitar. I'm like, wait, say that again. And uh, important to note that Tyler, Zach, and I all work together at a uh, screen printing shop. So we have time to hang out and do that. Uh, and he said Mercury Blonde. I'm like, that's... At least that for sounds one like a night, great, we'll, see, yeah. we'll see if it sticks. And A good jam band and name. It did, yeah. yeah. So... We kind of got lucky on that one because that was like three hours before the gig. <laughs> Perfect. It all worked out. But yeah, back to what he was saying. Yeah, afterwards <laughs> we were not happy. <laughs> it was a great gig. And then getting out. Yeah, on cars. We we parked uh, right next to it, which I guess was. I'm not entirely sure. I don't live in East Nashville, but I, if I'm remembering right, I mean it's kind of right next to the basement area. But I think that parking lot we parked in was library if i'm remembering right and obviously you know we see those signs like oh parking for library only you know um beware towing at owner's expense we're like ah that won't happen 
Yeah, we were wrong. <laughs> we come out, and there's this guy in this jank pickup truck that's beat to hell. Like, big beer belly, just waiting for us. Part, parts behind our cars so that we couldn't get out. And all three of our cars had boots on them. <laughs> And, oh, man, so, you know, any money we made to That's that real straight to shady, the oh, shady business. Yeah. Tow trucks. Yeah. He, gave me, he gave me his ticket. I mean, I got all his info. I, you know, I got his employee number, his supervisor, his new supervisor's name, you know, what company he works for. I took pictures of his license plates and his car, you know, uh, just to make sure. And I, you know, upon looking it up the next day, it was legit. So, of course, I submitted a complaint for him being, you know, <laughs> kind of a weird guy and yeah. very unprofessional in a really beat up truck behind us trying to block us in but you know nothing came of that <laughs> so he tried to block you guys in the parking lot so you couldn't leave yeah he blocked us in I mean because we could only back out the way that we were parked and he parked behind us horizontally to our you know perpendicular cars but we still had boots so it's not like we could move them anyway <laughs> But he just wanted to make extra yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. That was a yeah. power move oh, is yeah, what that no, was. was. That's all that was was, was a power move. He was chilling there all smug, you know, arms crossed and, you know, probably <laughs> Exactly like out of a movie, yeah. like you would imagine it to yeah. be. Yeah, highlight of that guy's day, and unfortunately, he, you know, that's why I was trying to knock him down a few notches be like, hey, all right, what's your number? <laughs> what yeah. company do you work for? I'm taking pictures of his car, make sure it's legit. But uh, unfortunately, it was. <laughs> but it all ended up working out. Yeah, it, it ended up working out. Uh, we loved the Crying Wolf. Um, it was a it was a great place, great venue, great sound, and um, and you know we'd hope to be back. Def- yeah, we'd definitely love to play there again. And you know, because of that, we met some people and got some connections elsewhere where more opportunities to play. That's very cool. So, are you guys? How many songs do you have right now? Well, we, uh, we're just getting ready. We're actually, before we even got here, I was at a stoplight texting. I, I don't know if Dan was, was texting and driving, but we were talking with the guys about taking a studio tour where we're going to uh, lay down probably four, maybe five solid tunes come uh, January, February. But uh, for next week's, uh, next week's shows, we'll, uh, when we open up for, for a set, we'll probably have... I don't know, maybe six or seven tunes to. Yeah, I'm thinking so. I mean, to, we got to present the last. The last show I think would be the longest one time wise at Tennessee Brew Works of an hour. Um, so anyone anyone listening who's not here in Nashville and not trying to <laughs> be in a band, it's pretty common to play for an hour most of the time for free. <laughs> yep. But you know you gotta. We're, we're digging through it, and so far you know even the even the free gigs or low paying gigs, it's paying off. I mean we're just here to have a blast and it's it's working but yeah, I think that's got, the right exact thing that I think you need to do yeah. is just follow the muse because I feel like it's so often in Nashville it's, it's easy to forget that or for it to leave your mind you're just kind of going through this drudgery right and right. going going through this ringer but you're really earning your stripes and gaining ex- experience yeah. well, I feel like it's about cutting your teeth and figuring out your sound um, both individually as well as how uh, the sum of all your parts comes together mm-hmm. and creates that sound and, and hopefully uh, gains listeners, gains uh, fans, call it, people that want to hear you and people that want yeah. to uh, keep on that coming back. I mean, we're hoping, you know, and it seems to, in my opinion, it's working out so far where the audience just has just as much fun as we are on stage now. I know uh, the one who moves the most on stage is Zach, and we're all trying to work on 
looking like we're having fun, even though it doesn't look like it, but we are having a blast. But everyone uh, at least kind of gets that vibe. I mean, I'm having fun. Yeah, I'm... I'm on it's cloud nine when I'm on when I'm on stage, man. It's, it's just blasting every every single time we rehearse or play a gig. It just keeps getting tighter and tighter. Mm -hmm. Learning each other's parts and uh, how you know how to anticipate someone reacting to what you're playing or what you're. Oh play, yeah, you know? that's that's the real shit right there. When you guys all get in on that same same wavelength. Because mm. especially being here in Nashville, like not everything you do always gets on a wavelength. So I think. Right. I think there are definitely things that I, I've noticed playing here, something I really care about and everybody's really invested in versus something that someone like is doing or they feel like they have to do or is like, oh, I need this gig, um, which is not bad. That is a very fortunate position to be in. Yeah, yeah. of course. It's, it's beautiful. Thought, yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, I just really like the approach and the outlook that you guys both have on that. I think it's super important to just follow the... Uh, Follow the muse. Follow the music that's inside of you. Yeah. And allow it to lead you. And it sounds like this is a passion project for you guys. Something well, you really care about. I mean, it's you know, the idea of of uh, gaining traction, at least in my eyes, is uh, like the progress that I want to make personally, but also with with groups that I'm involved in, is really centered on, focused on making that music happen, uh, not necessarily work, worrying about uh, what uh, what a gig might pay or what you might have to do in order to make that gig happen. Um, I feel fortunate, and I think I can kind of speak for Dan and the other guys we play with in that um, there's something special about being on a stage, about, uh, well, not necessarily even being on a stage, but just it can happen rehearsal where you just are able to connect musically, where you're able to uh, have that nonverbal communication, whether it's some sort of complementary rhythm or uh, playing a lick at intervals between what I'm doing on the organ and what Dan's playing on the slide, um, or, you know, sticking together and making your way through some sort of quick dynamic change, texture change. Um, those sorts of uh, changes, adjustments that we can make on the fly um, are what I strive for uh, when when I'm playing with somebody. But in my eyes, that's what's uh, like the definition of getting tighter, of getting uh, more uh, progressing, I guess. And even that, you know, 99% of our songs are all collaborations, really. I mean, you know, we bring in a, a lick or, or a lyric, or Zach will bring in, you know, a few chords and you know, maybe full lyrics or, or not, but, you know, we'll play, we'll have someone, you know, if they have their idea, play it in front of everyone just to get it out there, and then we'll kind of be like, okay, well, what if we played, you know, this chord here and kind of made this a section, and, uh, you know, in between the vocal lines, have some kind of complementary either rhythm or, or, you know, melodic answer to it, and that's really, like, almost, that's really all the songs that, <laughs> that we have is everyone's uh, kind of chipping into it which is cool. There's no no ego. In fact, there's like a negative ego. Like, we, we, we're too nice to each other. But luckily, everyone uh, takes, you know, constructive criticism. You know, no one thinks anyone's being mean or anything. We're just like, hey, you know, maybe work on this here um, so that we can get here, you know. Have you guys always had this working musician mindset? Or is this something that you developed through time, like, did this work ethic always exist in you? 
aside from this? Was this something that your families or maybe mentors instilled in you? That's a great question. Um, I, I, I think that uh, when I started to consider a move to Nashville, um, I wanted to surround myself with players who were going to challenge me, uh, challenge me to grow. I mean, really even just whip my butt into shape, you know, people I can learn from. Um, I realized that, you know, there's always going to be somebody who can just blow you out of the water on your instrument or just musically in general. There's always going to be someone better than you. And there's always going to be someone who um, maybe you can, uh, you can, uh, you, you, you have different, uh, different skills as them. And I found, I guess, with uh, part of what's helped me develop my working musician mindset is uh, developing a willingness to just have a conversation with somebody that I see after they get off a stage or after I hear them play a lick mm -hmm. that, I, that really piqued my interest. Um, in the past, um, like up in, in, a, in Chicago, where, where I'm from, uh, if I was ever on a bill with a band or seeing a show where there's a piano player, a keyboard player, um, there were times where while I'm watching their show, I'm listening and I'm thinking, like, how do I stack up against this person? Uh, I'm like, oh, what did they do there? I didn't like that. I can do better. But then uh, I realized uh, when when coming here, it's, it's not so much about uh, where do you stack up, but, you know, what can I learn from this person? Mm -hmm. Uh, how am I different from this person? Um, what there, because there's always there's always things uh, every day that you plug in or sit down at your instrument. Um, there's always something to be learned. Always uh, a way in which I feel I can improve, and I try and keep that oh, mindset. Yeah. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I agree. I mean, <clears throat> I think it just kind of. It kind of randomly happened for me. I mean, I'm I'm from Jersey. You know, my my parents have always East Coast represent. Yeah, exactly. Oh wait, that's another thing. Everyone from Mercury Blonde is a Northerner. That's right. No, one, no one's in the South. I mean, I'm from New Jersey. You and Tyler are from Chicago. Mm -hmm. Zach's from the Boston area, and Clint is is way up there from Maine. That's that's where um, I'm from. Um, oh, I'm yeah. from Maine. Yeah. I oh very tell cool. You I haven't what town he was from, but I haven't met him. But Mainers, there's there's only like a million of us in the state. Yeah. So it's rare to see someone in the wild. It's like a unicorn. Yeah, it's like ma like Mainers abroad. I feel like yeah. every time I see one from Maine, we're always like, we're outside of Maine right now. Right. Yeah, uh, there's less trees. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, no. Uh, and that too, I mean, I've met people, I met this one extremely talented uh, saxophone player, Brian Cornish, who, nicest guy. And turns out he's from uh, a town in, in New Jersey who was my high school's rival high school okay it's it's weird like i moved here and the, the world gets smaller and smaller you know i'm thinking it's you know it's getting bigger but it's strange but you know so i'm from new jersey my parents were always hard working my dad's uh you know a great salesman and my my mom's a teacher so is my sister and her husband and um really the first band i was i was like really in was this one band called one southeast in pittsburgh where i was the youngest guy by 25 years <laughs> oh yeah that'll do it it was me and uh three other guys and they were just you know i'm not gonna name any names they were just you know party hard i had a great time <laughs> to sum it all up but it was more of a cover band you know bars i mean good money for sure 
Uh, but then when my roommate, who I graduated uh, Duquesne University with, came here to intern for Southern Ground Studio, Zach Brown Studio, he came here for uh, I think it was six or eight months and uh, said, "Hey, you should you should fly on down see if see if you like it. Like I really want to move here." So I said, "Okay," and I think it was uh, it might have been September or November of uh, you know over a year and a half ago, and. Uh, and I came, and I had not two hours off the plane. I was jamming. Uh, I don't think they have that jam anymore at uh, the filling station. Uh, they do a lot of bluegrass there now. And not two hours off the plane, I was playing. I was hooked already. And like I wrote a song. Off to a great start. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, I wrote a song on the plane and uh, played it uh, the next night at, at Jed's when Jed's was open. And then uh, two nights after that, went went to Soulshine and got my ass handed to me <laughs> on on definitely on slide. I mean, you know, growing up, uh, my my family and especially my dad's a huge Almond Brothers fan, and that's like yep. all I live, breathe, sleep, and eat is Almond Brothers. You know, and uh, you know, I just did not stack up. So for that next year, I you know I I got two jobs. I was teaching guitar and I was waiting tables and hunkered down on, you know, not only the slide, but just, you know, technique and really digging back into uh, uh, jazz theory, uh, like I was doing in school, but a little further uh, into the, the rock and jazz fusion spectrum um, before I got here. And I'm, I'm glad I did, because now I can stack up to this guy. And uh, we kind of push each other in, in the band, you know, he'll play some kind of jazzy lick out of nowhere. And I'll be like, oh, that that was cool so i'll try to do something kind of like that and that that'll form a song <laughs> very cool yeah i i think uh when you first come down here i i felt this way especially at like Kara's jam there everybody's fucking good who oh, plays yeah. there everybody's oh, really good so uh... there have been times where i've gone up and someone just you know fresh off the boat someone's expecting me to know something and it's just like no, no one, one tells you anything. <laughs> you just go up there and you figure it out. You just have to listen to what people are saying. It's like, okay, what is the name of that song? Yeah. This yeah. is a standard here. Well, that's one. Of, that's definitely with, uh, at least with blues playing. And, and Kara runs uh, a, a phenomenal jam there at the country on Tuesday nights. It's Shout out to the country Tuesday it's, nights. It's, it's, country it's, and Kara Lippman. <laughs> it's the pro blues jam. Uh, Kara, Kara's band, Kara Being Blue, plays a uh, house set. Uh, from at at eight, uh, then about eight thirty or so, we bring up a guest. Uh, it'll rotate on a weekly basis. Sometimes it's a it's a band passing through town or someone in town uh, celebrating a record release or maybe just a local feature. But then uh, Kara runs a pretty tight ship, bringing uh, bringing people that are going to be able to hang up there, you know. Um, and I always encourage people to come and check the jam out, uh, just because it's a it's a it's a great night to just yeah. it's a great way to spend your night but you know also if uh, if you if you can get through the blues or you know sometimes you just you're given a key and, and and that might be it and you just you know ready set go yeah so that's um, that's that's part of the part of the challenge but also part of the the rush the thrill of yeah just, of just blues playing yeah your your musicianship is in entirely in the moment because mm -hmm. you're like might have never played with that drummer before. You might have never, because there's so many people who just roll through, through yeah. town there, who are just in town for like a couple of nights. Mm -hmm. That's some how no care or know someone that she knows, and they came mm -hmm. out because 
it, it's just amazing to me how many every single band up there is a heavy hitter. Every player is a, is a heavy hitter. Everyone's good. Right, and it sounds, you know, a lot of them, you'll be like, wow, it sounds like you guys practice that. No, you know, they're just, <laughs> you know, at least at least in my perspective, the, the key is listening, for sure. You know, there, there's definitely a difference between when you're playing your instrument or, you know, singing um, and really listening to what you're doing rather than just playing it. And, uh, you know, once you're really mindful of that, you know, you're really listening to, oh, how does the bass and, and drums line up or, uh, you know, and, and once you, you know, play, play in that genre of music a little bit more, you can always hear, you know, everyone has their the trademark, but you can yeah. hear where, you know, if you're not sure if what chord comes next, you can kind of hear cues from other instruments uh, or the, or the singers or, or, you know, whatever, um, about where to go next. Otherwise you're going to play a wrong note. Everyone's going to know. But, oh, yes. On the other hand, I've been there before. <laughs> that is the point of the jams, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, luckily, it's a jam. It's not like it's a paid gig. You're out there to have fun. If you mess up, okay. it is. It's, you, just, you just learn from it. It's a know? great learning environment. That's what I yeah. really like about it. You know, there have been definitely been plenty of times where I've gone to that jam and I'm just like, I've fucked up. And it's been noticeable because <laughs> yes. I'm a bass player. <laughs> so it was just like, uh, you know, because I... I knew the blues and everything like that before I moved here, but when I first started playing here, I was intimidated by the level of musicianship. Oh, yeah. It was my friend. Is. Yeah. My <laughs> friend Dale Dale Hunter. Do you know Dale? He's a keyboard player. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was the one. I was working with him at a, like a normal day job together, and I had already been in Nashville for like over uh, – maybe six months and I was, I hated the job I was working. I really wanted to focus more on music and that's Dale. He was like, come out to the jam. And I was so scared, but I, I did it. I remember the first time I went up there, you, you just asked me before, can you do a 12 bar blues? I was like, yeah, I can, I can, I can do that. <laughs> you can do every song they have. <laughs> yeah. But the, I remember just the first time how intimidating it was because I never just gone in cold to play with that caliber of yeah. players and not know and who not we were going to play. Anybody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a crapshoot, you know. It's whoever's there, uh, you know, I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll go and, and say, hey, you playing tonight? Let me see if I can get under the same group as you. Luckily, since Kara runs such a good jam, she actually has a great sign-up sheet that is she separated does. by time and instrument. Organized, disciplined, like... Rather than several unnamed other jams where it is not that yeah. <laughs> at all. Well, I, I think one of the things that makes uh, makes jams in general successful, I mean, yes, Kara's jam, but also others jam, jams that may or may not have the list is the the, the character, the, the, the camaraderie that it builds. Right. Um, you know, you have pretty much any night of the week, there is a jam. It's, as, as much as it is about getting up and playing and hanging with the cats on stage, it's about the hang as well. Yeah, um, for sure. And it happens any night of the week. You know, you can you could throw a dart at a dartboard or at a map, and and you could find you know on any night of the week you could yeah. find a nice uh, a decent place to go and and listen to music and hang. Uh, the beauty and, of Nashville and, and chat I mean, with people. That's that's the blessed thing of being in Nashville. I feel literally because of these jams. But other than my roommate and my girlfriend, the only I wouldn't know anyone here. I literally, I would have no friends if I didn't do these jams. I wouldn't have my job. I mean, I got lucky enough my first, uh, when I finally did move here, uh, the first Soul Shine jam I went to, I got paired up with Kara. 
And she uh, okay. and she was the singer and she mm -hmm. liked she liked the way I play and we got talking for like two hours afterwards. I just said, Hey, you were you were great. I apologized for messing up and she was you know, she was great, candid and uh ended up, you know, friends each awesome. other on, on Facebook and she sent me a, a huge list of things of, of other blues jams that happen every day of the week and you know, I got a lot of uh, mentor type advice. You know, I, I was I was asking her so many questions about how to advertise myself and how to kind of get out there more. You know, and she was helping me for for quite a while doing that. You know, just out of the goodness of her heart. You know, I wasn't you know giving her any, anything out of it. She was. I was just lucky enough that that I did that. And because of that, you know, I met I met him. I met uh, uh, Tyler, who eventually gave me a job at, at or found an opening at his place a screen printing place in East Nashville. Later on, when I when I met Zach at Tennessee Brew Works through uh, him booking our friend Meg Williams, and I played with her and met him, he needed another job, so I got him a job there. <laughs> and it's just hanging out with the people that, that you play with, you know, finding people that are just good-hearted people and really hanging out out outside the music realm, too. I mean, you definitely need a break sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. Just hang out with good people. You know? For sure. Yeah. I think that's the one thing, the great thing, another great thing that Nashville provides is there are just so many different musicians here. There's so many different personality types. Oh, yeah. Because everybody is from all over the U.S. Move, are moving here. There's or, such a huge. Further, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or worldwide. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's in, it's in Nashville, it's like an international city, especially mm -hmm. we're in like a, a crossroads for the U.S. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is good because that's why every fucking act stops in Nashville to play a show. It's every road, leads yeah, like literally. Yeah, it's definitely a city that you know if you're if if, if you're a band here in town, it's it's uh, accessible, easy to get to. You know, weekend runs uh, to Louisville or Indy mm -hmm. or uh, like down to Atlanta or the Carolinas or Alabama. It's know, just an offshoot to dual. many different mm -hmm. places. Yeah. I mean, in my head, I always hear people. Uh, yeah, uh, like a, another band that we know, and they they went down to Florida, and you know, I, you know, drove there, did like a week or or, or two, or maybe it was a weekend run. I don't, I don't remember what. In my head, I'm like, well, are you crazy? That's like a 21 hour drive. But then I Back remember I'm more, not in New yeah. Jersey anymore. Yeah, it's like it's I'm a 12 a, hour I'm drive. I'm in a central southern state where everywhere, you know, on the on the eastern side of the United States is is very easily drivable for sure. Yeah. You know, under under you know fourteen hours, depending on where you want to go. If you want to go to Texas, you know it's really not technically that bad. Or even to Chicago. How far is Chicago from here? Uh, from here, it's about maybe uh, about a seven and a half hour ride. Depending See, on that's not that's, horrible. That's not bad at all. You just wake up early in the morning and and drive there, and you're there by dinner time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, Hopefully I don't have to do it where I go home next April or next March when my license expires and my <laughs> inspection goes out because that's like a 14-hour drive yeah, to, to New Jersey. Place. Yeah, that's that was when so I, that, that kind of sucks. I would be by myself. That was yeah. my official transition to becoming a Southerner was when I changed my license and oh, registration yeah. and my plates and everything. Well, you're here now. Uh, I still have I still have my Cubs you tell anyone license you're plate bracket. Now? No, I'm fr I'm still from Chicago. Most people I talk to here, though, when I when they hear me talk accent. for a little bit, they're like, "No, you're not from here." But then when the shoe's on the other foot, and I go back up home, like I'll drop a y'all or something yep. just uh, off the cuff, and they'll say, "Hey, you you you've been spending time in the South for a little while." We don't while. do that here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just easy, man. You know, people talk. That's how people. Yeah, talk. I mean that's that's another thing. Uh, 
it's kind of like like traveling in general. Like if you're if you're flying somewhere, but especially in Nashville as a musician, the most common question you get asked is, "Where are you from?" You know, because if it's, you if you meet someone that doesn't have even a slight southern drawl, they're not from here. You know, and if yeah. you do meet someone that's actually from Nashville, it's like a unicorn. Yeah, you know, it's a rarity. I've met like four people who are from here. Anywhere yeah. else, you know. Like like we were saying before, you know, New Jersey, New York, uh, Illinois, Maine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's really something how uh, this this is kind of reminds me of the the energy. I lived out in Colorado for a year, mm. and this reminds me of, of the same kind of transit uh, like a place that's in transition. The energy of the city of the city. I, I lived in Boulder, but still throughout all of uh, Colorado, there's definitely like this this thing of like, we're just growing, you know, just mm-hmm. growing, growing, growing. Um, so that's pretty cool. And I definitely see that in a similar way in Nashville. Nashville is a pretty young place. There's a lot of people between, geez, probably 20 and 40 that are, that are moving here because there's jobs here. Yeah. And even just in the music world, hanging out with, I mean, that's not like a big deal if you're, like I, I had this this friend of mine uh, fix fix my guitar a few months back. You know, I think he's in his fifties, but like, you know, there's no mental age gap. You know, everyone's here for the same reasons. If you're if you're it's nice, unified. I'll be nice to you. You know, yeah. Southern <laughs> it's kind of a mutual respect type is, thing. Is definitely yeah. a, a thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and he it know, is everyone kind of sure. learns that or comes here, luckily from you know anywhere else, but but already has that mindset. Luckily. Yeah, and you meet a lot of great people. Yeah, I feel like Nashville does have this uh, thing where it's like, well, I'm going to adopt you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, I feel like Maine will always be my home, but Nashville, I feel like, is, definitely has adopted me. Um, I, I feel very welcomed here. Like, any of the people that are actually from here are welcoming of all the growth and change. They, yeah. they like it. They, they want everybody to want to come in. You know, I haven't, I haven't heard too many people complaining about No, not at all about it which is kind of cool but yeah i mean there's there might be some brushback from some i think it mainly centers on the the traffic the highways yes that is definitely the worst part yeah i will say there there are there are downsides to growth yeah i I live i live pretty pretty far south i mean i live a half hour south of here you know i'm i'm almost in brentwood i'm on i'm on the uh fancy the the border still in nashville so that's why I can afford it. <laughs> but on, on the board there, um, but, you know, so my drive to, to East Nashville to and from every day is like, you know, that's not bad. It's like a half hour each way. But if I leave five, ten minutes too late, it'll be an hour plus just because of the traffic and damn construction that's happening. But like, and it just, oh, it's just awful. <laughs> People think Jersey drivers are bad. They're not wrong. We are awful. We are very aggressive. But here, it's just congested. Yeah. And everyone's driving like grandpa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. A, I, I think part of it, I heard that they don't require driver's ed in Tennessee. Do, do you know? Where, really? Uh, did, did, you, did you do driver's ed growing up? In high school. Yeah. yeah so yeah, you, yeah. You, learned, you learned how to, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Just the fact that we're trying to grow into, grow into this. Really, no driver's ed intended. So you just once you're 16, you can just go to. Get I your think license. so. How does that work, really? I don't know if that's. They don't get that easy A in high school. Jeez. Yeah. 
I guess I guess so. But that's what a reason okay. that someone gave me as to why the drivers aren't good in Nashville is because <laughs> you 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 don't learn. You don't have someone okay. like don't do that. I think yeah, I yeah. think it's just a slower paced. Right. You know, just being in the South in general, it's just a slower paced lifestyle. No, it I'm is. not saying that's bad at all. You know, I mean it's it's great, honestly. You know, just people are not trying to to bustle their way into into the city or or you know trying to cut people off or anything. It's just, you know, they leave, they'll get there when they get there, and that's fine. But yeah, you know, Leisurely. Respect yeah. to that, too. A southern strut. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, what would you say, uh, as far as, like, uh, an, an album, do you guys have any plans for releasing one next year, or? Yeah, like we kind of mentioned before, we'll have a... We're still honestly kind of deciding if we want to release a, a full album uh-huh. or a, kind of a longer EP. Um, right now, that's all kind of up in the air. But the thing that's not exactly up in the air is that we did decide that we do want to do some recording uh, end of January, beginning of February, and uh, hopefully, you know, get that down, get our songs uh, down past so we we can get that. You know, obviously, you know, time is money. Literally, when you're in the studio. Yeah, you know, get get it down pat and uh, kind of focus more on that rather than the the live aspect. You know, we will you know, we'll cut down on the live shows a little bit, but we'll still be out there. Um, you know, keep it keep it fresh, keep our faces out there. Um, but I'm not sure if we're if we've well, talked about an ultimate release. One of date. one of the things that I uh, I think is 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 special about uh, about our, our our group Mercury Blonde. We've been we've been playing for. Uh, and, and more so just rehearsing, woodshedding mm-hmm. uh, for I don't know, maybe maybe five or so months now. I'm thinking, um, yeah. and it's been kind of a very organic growth. Um, while we do have some uh, some shows and some dates on the calendar rapidly coming, you know, we're we're really focusing on. Uh, making things happen, uh, making, making the music kind of sit in the driver's seat. Um, with each of our shows, uh, we, uh, we videotape them. And uh, within a week or so after a show, we'll all get together and sit down and watch it. And Game footage. Yeah, literally. Yeah, exactly. Respect. It's some I replays. dig. I dig the work ethic, we guys. Sit, we, you know, we'll we'll, we'll take notes through it. Um, we'll, you know, hey, pause, roll that back. You know, like like uh, Clint, I liked this this line, this run that you did here, or you know, Tyler, you brought this thing down dynamically really well. Um, or you know, also some constructive criticism. You know, both. At yourself, but also uh, across yeah. across the group. And I mean, something the challenge, great, something yeah. great that that he started the first time we did that. Where you know you come up with something uh, like you know pros and cons. You know, yeah. one, made like one good thing uh, you liked that you did, one good thing that you liked that either someone else, the whole band did, and then same thing on the other side. You know, one thing that you know you you could work on, and another thing that either someone or the, or the band could also work on. You know, and it's not a negative thing. It's just that's a very healthy mindset to have. It's that's truly treating it like a job, and also respecting the music. Right. That's kind of my like my my teacher assessment. Oh yeah, no. coming out. I caught, I caught that right right when you saw it. I was like, I mean, growing up in a household where where my mom is an English teacher, 
my sister is an English teacher, and uh, her husband is an English teacher. I caught that right away, but uh, I loved it. Is it <laughs> did you do you teach English? Uh, I do not teach English. Uh, okay. I, uh, in in Chicago, I I taught uh, five years of K through eight general music. Oh, okay. Uh, on the south side of the city, uh, for about five years, while also playing with a few other bands uh, up there, and um, about maybe two and a half years ago now, uh, decided to leave that and move down to Nashville to play. So respect, but but everyone's got to take that chance. Well, yeah, <laughs> thanks, Taylor. I mean, it's. It's it's uh it's definitely been a ride and uh, uh you know e- every day every every time I, I I sit down and plug in it's it's an opportunity to grow opportunity to get better opportunity to learn um and I again kind of as as that that teacher reflective mindset I try and uh, identify those areas in which I can grow areas in which I can improve. and you don't just stick with with one you know, aspect or, or genre either. I mean, you know, you've, you've got several projects going uh, and, you know, several of us have other projects going too. That's not entirely, I guess, I don't, I don't even know if I can just nail down one genre for Mercury Blonde, but I guess Americana-ish based. <laughs> well, that's that's one of the neat things uh, I think about. So you get the full, full circle there, you know. I think one of the one of the slick things about being in Nashville and, and being, a, being a musician here is that um, not only do you kind of have to be uh, well-versed in other, other styles, other ways of playing, but you, when you can be versatile, when you can broaden your horizons, um, that can only increase your effectiveness in really anything that you play. You can bring out that new style or flavor, whatever you just learned or are working on too, in other genres. It bleeds. It, more it all just bleeds style. into everything. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I've been um, recently obsessed with the Marcus King band. I've been coming. Yeah, this I've been coming. Uh, now, twenty-one-year-old kid who's just a freaking monster. So I mean, he, Rolling Stone, the dude's called, called the dude's him twenty-one, the next king. <laughs> you know, you got you got BB yeah. King and. Absolutely, like he's one of the kings now, or he—that's what they're predicting. I'm not saying that, but um, you know, so so definitely, my my listening recently has been more uh, jazz rock, uh, more definitely more on the jazz spectrum. So I wrote a I wrote a song and, and fronted it to these guys, and we've kind of been playing more along the uh, what would you say at that point? Kind of like the bluesy, folky kind of spectrum. Well, I'd say it's either way, it's an opportunity to hear the wonderful Dan Wecht sing. So yeah, I don't sing too it's often. A great, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tune to get in your ears nonetheless. I'm working on it. Oh, thank, thank you, fellow Dan. <laughs> so what is your <laughs> fellow Dan? I like that. Yeah, um, anyone listening, we are both bald-headed, bearded Dans. Uh, that, we are. <laughs> that we are. That we are, Dan. Uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this conversation just went to the next level. <laughs> so who do you like for kind of the jazz rock fusion uh, fusion thing? Who are some of the people you're listening to now that you, or you yeah. feel that like you have an influence? I mean, my, what, I, I, what I like to listen to and what I play usually are two different things, mm-hmm. um, which... I figured out that I needed to do that in college because going into college, at least for guitar, it's like, you know, jazz or classical, pick one. Unless you go to Berkeley, you can do whatever the hell you want. 
But, uh, you know, so I did jazz because I know blues is, you know, more along the, the jazz line. And, you know, going in, I thought it was cooler anyway. <laughs> um, but so, I, you know, I, I like to listen to, you know, people like Mike Stern and, uh, you know, old, old jazz greats like Joe Pass, Wes Montgomery. Oh, and, Wes Montgomery yeah. is, and Joe Pass too, yeah. but I, I really like, and like I Wes Montgomery. He's fantastic. He, yeah, he was like my first introduction for sure, by my uh, private teacher in New Jersey, in, into uh, the jazz guitar realm, at least, and um, and you know, I for me at least, I think if you just listen to it or a certain genre or a certain player enough, whether you're playing or practicing or at, you know, I'm at work, I have headphones in eight hours a day, you know, so I can listen to podcasts, you know, any kind of music. Um, I'm just absorbing it, you know. I'll maybe sometimes I'll make a note saying, hey, you know, check this song out later. When I have the time, um, you know, I'm not by all means saying that I play like them at all. But, you know, sometimes their their ideas are all kind of and try to analyze in my head why they're doing what they're doing. But more like what I listen to that I play is more Warren Haynes, uh, Derek Trucks, uh, modern Almond Brothers. I mean, I love the, the you know original lineup of the Almond Brothers, but being all of us younger guys... You know, um, I started going to concerts in 2006, and my first one was Government Mule opening up for the Almond Brothers. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it was like, you know, hard rock Almond Brothers opening up for the Almond Brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was I was hooked. I mean, I mean, I have uh, their song Soul Shine. Uh, me and my sister got a tattoo together on our arms. And, uh, you know, I've definitely been, you know, along the slide lines, like Derek Trucks is my hero. <laughs> like, um, what I love about that is that you know, obviously the guitar is, you know, it's a polyphonic instrument. You can definitely do a lot of chord things. But what he does with the slide, you know, he plays chords as well. But the way that he does it is more like a voice or a trumpet, you know, or, or a, a horn. Of, of it kind. Yeah, it's more, it's more of not like a filler, you know what I'm saying? Or it's, and it's not too over the top. Not that I'm saying either of those are bad. You know, I love regular old classic rock or... Or, you know, I'll dabble in, in punk, you know, punk rock, every, everyone, or pop punk, you know, I have, a, I have a small guilty pleasure for that. And, you know, the guitar does, it's not exactly a huge lead role in that, but, you know, I love it. But um, but what he does, like, just complements everything else so well that it just feels like it fits. And, uh, I don't know, he just hits a couple notes that I just, they just tug on my heartstrings, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> I definitely, no, no pun intended. I definitely uh, agree that... Uh, in, in, in with, with what you say, Dan, and that what you listen to, what you like to listen to versus what you like to, who you like to emulate are can be kind of two different yeah. things, um, both stylistically for how you can kind of broaden your influence or what influences you rather. Um, but uh, I guess as far as what I like to listen to and, and, and hone in on, um, of course, as a piano player, I like uh, I like Ben Folds and you know, of course, mm -hmm. Jimmy Bill, Billy Joel and, uh, and and Elton John. Um, Jamie Cullum, British dude, is probably one of my largest influences. Uh, British pop, jazz, he'll um, do a lot of covers. Uh, he's uh, but instead of uh, playing uh, Broadway musical tunes or Cole Porter tunes or uh, Pharrell, Rihanna, in those styles, he'll bring those tunes to his style, to his instrumentation, which is rooted in jazz. Um, so, Jamie's a real hip guy. 
I've been able to see him uh, two times up in Chicago at the Park West. Uh, at least locally, you know, I try and I try and go out and see music, uh, see shows uh, at at least. I mean, really, as much as I can. You're I can't good. even say yeah, we're surrounded by it all, the time. At all yeah. the time. You can't escape it. You go out for dinner somewhere. Yeah. There's going to be music, like like that. You know that metaphor. You throw a rock, but here it's literally like. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, locally. I like going out and, uh, and I've been able to make friends with some of the guys and and, and listen to and and, uh, and and learn from the guys like in Hughes Trio. Um, Mm. Uh, groups like Dynamo around town. They're um, monster players. Uh, the Corey Mack Show, which always has a tremendous weekly jam uh, Monday nights at Bourbon Street, and they're always in some. Those guys are badass, man. Yeah, great guys, great players, yeah, and they're crazy uh, good. Mm -hmm. Crazy good. Better than the sum of their parts, which I think is yeah. is a a real special thing that those guys do. Yeah, I've heard them play once. Uh, and I was really impressed by them. They're just mm. smooth. Yeah, I think that's how I would describe their sound. They're smooth and they're funky. Yeah, like, they, they don't have funky. to give you know like like overt uh, cues to each other. You know, and I think that's just just goes along with playing with the same group for so long. Like right now, you know, we're still pretty either vocal or you know our body language like literally will signal you know kind of like a you know a plane landing type type thing. But you know, I feel like that kind of gets minimized over time as you know how someone will react their it's impulses yeah it's about uh developing establishing and, and continually developing that that trust that nonverbal mm -hmm. uh communication and being able to transition uh move around change dynamically what have you mm -hmm. uh along the way it's a musical flow flow state. It's like being on a, a sports team. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. You know, they all they all have to think as one. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no, well, you know, sometimes, but you know, there's no technically, you know, leader. Yeah. You know, you know, other than you know, you know, the okay, song. we're gonna play the course now. You know, yeah. you do need that, obviously, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, but you're all you're all kind of on the same wavelength to try to get the same thing done and make it as good as as you can or as fun. And especially if you're in rehearsal, it doesn't have to be great if you're just having fun. You know, there's different kinds of rehearsals. Everyone has them. You know, there's days where you're just not feeling it and you're going to goof around and it's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That, you know, you got to accept it. It's just part of the game. Part of the game, man. You know, I think especially being being a musician, you have to be extremely adaptable. And I feel like that's another thing Nashville teaches you. Just like, okay, whatever your plans are, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Because all of these four situations just happened that canceled yeah. that one thing it's out. Like you're either going to play this gig now, or you're going to go out and get drunk with your friends. Or honestly, on the flip side, as great as it is that we're surrounded all the time because of... Actually, all of us have day jobs, too. So it's a balancing act. My other love is going to bed before 9 p.m. <laughs> Sleep is I super fucking valuable. Love going to bed early. Like so, when I'm not, when I don't have a gig or I don't have to do some crazy practicing or don't have too much other obligations, I will sleep as long as I can. <laughs> but that's also because, uh, for anyone who doesn't know me, I, I have to wake up at quarter to six to get to work. So, that, uh, shit, that's, son. that's kind of the flip side of that. Respect, dude. Like. 
you are you are burning it at both ends. That's the dedication it takes. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I, I lucked out with with our drummer Tyler given or, or telling me about the opportunity at the job because I mean the hours for what we do for what I want to do, which is you know just play, um, is perfect. You know, I work I work seven to three thirty. Or in this case today, six to two thirty. <laughs> but uh, seven seven to three thirty, and you know, it's great. I have time to come home. I can take a little power nap if I want to, or refresh on some songs if I have a gig later that night. You're you sneaking know. that afternoon practice. Oh yeah, sneaking the afternoon practice. You know, make dinner, make sure the dog's good. You know, spend some time with my girlfriend, and 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 you know, kind of get my life settled, take a breather, and then go out and have some fun and do it all. You know, rinse and repeat, and do it the next day. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a cyclical mm-hmm. as far as the process goes. It, I work so I work two jobs right now. Yeah, I work uh, I work for um, a property management company, and then at night I do the Bridgestone thing. And then when I'm not doing one of those two things, I'm either playing bass, writing, producing, or uh, doing the podcast. We're doing this, yeah, yeah doing this. <laughs> so it's like Nashville has really taught me. Which this is how to balance your day right now. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I had a free night, so I'm I'm gonna record an episode. But it's all about balancing the time and knowing where it needs to fit. I think the struggle for me, and tell me what you guys think about this, is knowing how to effectively practice sometimes with the time I have. Because I'm thinking I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do this, I need to do that, Mm -hmm. and it always takes a minute to really just have to be like. Okay, this is what I need to work on today. This is the only thing I need to work on. I have 20 minutes to do this, and I'm going to get it done within that time. Yeah, I feel it's all about how uh, you want to budget your time, but how you, the the things you want to fill your time with. Um, You know, I guess since since coming here, I've been, uh, I've been able to, I've, I've, been fortunate enough to have met some a lot of incredible people and uh, had some pretty awesome experiences um, working in in a, in a couple different ways. Uh, each day is different, uh, and many times it can be a uh, a challenge to budget that time to practice or to work whatever tune, whatever thing up that. Uh, that you need to, whether it's for a gig or for uh, some sort of session or getting ready to go on road, whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, trying to make ends meet right here and now in the short term, but also kind of being able to step back and look at your medium term, long term, like what are you actually doing? What are you working towards? And what do you need to fill? What do you need to accomplish? in two weeks so that you're set up for four weeks from now? What do you need to accomplish in the next two hours so that you can, in the next week, be set up for yep. whatever it is you want? So, yep, exactly. Um, again, that's that's the challenge, but that's also kind of the 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 mindset that, yeah. I, that I try. And, and I, I, I don't always, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll hit the snooze button or I'll, you know, I'll... You know, like a, I'll maybe slack a little bit here and there, but it's it's about uh, it's impossible to be one hundred percent all the time, nah, man. You know, you got to give your mind. You got to try. Yeah, you gotta, you know, I mean, whether try. 
whether it's a break of literally doing nothing, but you know, a break for me is you know, I'll pick up a guitar to, to practice. And I mean, everyone, no matter what instrument, what you know, if you sing anything, everyone falls into it where you're playing just the stuff that you love. You know, mm-hmm. you're playing, you know, these, you know, the select few licks, or your, you know, your home bass licks, or you know, you love playing over a certain chord progression, or you love a certain, you know, not a certain couple, but several songs, whatever song that's in your head that day. But then you got to hunker down. You're like, okay, I really got to learn this song or else I will look like a fool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you got to, uh, you know, then it kind of comes down to, to convincing yourself. And, and really then you'll know whether it's a song that you may like or absolutely really hate. It'll still help you, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I, one of the things I do, I play at Layla's on Broadway uh, 12 to 4 on Sundays. But we don't play any top 40 country which I love. That's why I play there. <laughs> but the songs that we do do from this century <laughs> is, uh, you know, Jason Mraz and, like, Bruno Mars. Oh, yeah, Not okay. a huge fan, but why wouldn't I? You know, like, I'm going to learn that song, you know, one, to make sure I don't look foolish and to make sure, you know, the band knows I'm taking this seriously, blah, 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 blah. On the other hand, it'll only help you. You know, it'll, it'll make, you know, whatever genre... That song is easier in the long run for you, and it'll help you just one chart out tunes that you don't know in general. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. What uh, what Bruno Mars songs have you been doing? Treasure and Funky as fuck. Locked out of heaven were those two. Yeah, and plus it's funky. So you know, if you can find something small that you're like, okay, yeah, I can I can do this. Yeah. That is worth it for sure. <laughs> when, when I was back in Maine I had this band called King Junior and um it was with this uh all these people that I went to at this music school. Um which was just like we took private lessons with this teacher yeah. growing up and everything. So we were all there. We always played together um on and off throughout the years. And um we we did both those songs and we we did a lot of like the top 40 40 radio songs from like 2011 geez from 2014 through various periods I was I was a teacher at the school mm-hmm. so we would learn all these top 40 tunes and um you can really take a lot of liberties with stuff that's heavily computerized oh yeah because you you're not going to be able to make it set, because uh, even though as much as I like the Bruno Mars song like both those songs they are a little bit clean, tight, perfect sounding. Exactly. Like there's a, I think the negative thing about music today is there's a, the quality of not capturing the air in the room. Everything's just so right. tight, sucked in, which which is okay. I do like some of that sound. Like Mark Ronson, I think he did "Locked Out of Heaven," and I like his production sound a lot. Um, but yeah, you know, I think you can really uh, gain your musicianship, especially if you're playing that much. Mm-hmm. Um, with tunes like that, that's very cool, man. And then what? What people love, whether in the band or in the audience, whether they're on the Broadway strip, the tourist area, uh, or or you know at a you know complete you know music musicians only place, uh, like what you were saying with with your piano influences, uh, how they'll bring it, you know their uh, you know any covers or anything into their own spectrum. Of music, you know, even if you do like a little tweak here and there of a song that everyone knows, it's just enough to, to turn the ear again at a song they've already heard three thousand times, and it makes it new again. Yeah, which is awesome. It's a great feeling. Yeah, it's it's like people. I have been down to Broadway a few times. 
I don't really like going down there. I haven't, play, I haven't played down there, but yeah, usually it's just everyone's really there. fucking <laughs> wasted. Oh yeah. Um, which which is fun if you're playing. Don't get me wrong. If impressive because pl- yeah. it's not cheap to get wasted on. No, <laughs> no, it's not. It's like fourteen dollars for two beers. For like a PBR bottle. <laughs> yeah. Bottom of the shelf, but yeah, the, the musicians who play down there, it's that it's that working musician like, just like. Rinse, slather, like repeat, you know. Like. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's another uh, another interesting aspect that I feel of uh, just constantly playing music like that. For sure, man. So, um, where can people find you guys? Like, what are your individual Instagrams, Twitters? Yeah, uh, um, the place to see you see you play. Uh, I guess you know, starting off, uh, you know, we we all have Facebooks. Uh, you know, just Dan Wecht is my personal one. Last name spelled W E C H T. Also, the same thing. www.danwecht.com. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, plug that you know, shit. My own plug personal. It. Plug uh, it. Yeah, I am totally plugging myself. Yeah, got my own. Uh, you know, got my own website. I keep my schedule updated uh, constantly. Gallery, media, uh, anything from uh, you know sound clips to to YouTube videos and. Um, and currently in, in the works, constructing a Mercury Blonde page uh, to at least be on there for now until we uh, can can get our own domain. Um, and uh, for Mercury, and, and same thing on uh, Instagram, it's Dan underscore Wecht underscore guitarist. Plugging myself and uh, Mercury Blonde, we have the, the same exact thing. We did just get a Twitter. We have not posted on it yet, but uh, Facebook is Mercury Blonde. Two different words spelled exactly how you think it is, and. On uh, on Instagram, all one word. It's at Mercury Blonde Official, and we keep it all updated with uh, videos, teasers, and uh, posters for our show made by uh, either us or our good friend Meg Williams, who's good at Photoshop and graphic design. Really? <laughs> oh, she's got a lot of talents. Yeah, seriously, she does everything. Yeah. Um, Dan mentioned most of the the handles and all that stuff. At least as, uh, as far as my involvement, I uh, keep up with. Uh, things that I have coming up on my website, www.danmonaco.com. Um, similar uh, to other Dan Wax. We need a videos. <laughs> we need a joint uh, Thefellowdans.com. <laughs> Thedans.com. That could be, yeah. unless it's taken. Um, but yeah, they're all, they're all keep, uh, keep a, 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 a running list of, of upcoming schedule and dates, uh, whether it's Kara's Jam Tuesdays, upcoming stuff with Mercury Blonde. Um, from uh, basically Thanksgiving until Christmas up at the Fontanelle, I'm going to be uh, directing and playing in a jazz trio for a live stage production of Charlie Brown. Badass! That's really cool. I'm really, really excited to be bringing on some excellent players, excellent roster of uh, both drummers and bass players, um, as, as far as drummers are concerned, I've got uh, both Kyle Law and uh, Russ Sternglass. Uh, Michael Tomon's going to jump on a few dates as well. Yeah. Heavy hitters. Um, on yeah, the, seriously. On the, on the bass, uh, let's see, I'm going to have Justin Kimball playing, Michael T. Brink, Michael. and uh, Hutch, uh, James Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Hutch. And uh, it's, it's, it's I, I'm really looking forward to, to playing that music and being a part of that and playing with those with those cats for sure and when is this happening that will run essentially uh every weekend from thanksgiving until christmas congratulations uh, that's beautiful <laughs> dude I, that's really cool we, man. we haven't done anything yet but uh hey <laughs> thanks man it's on the books so. yeah yeah that's that's a huge <laughs> victory in itself yeah. 
Well, thanks. I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and I uh, I hope that we can do the uh, do the music justice by by putting it on and by playing it. Well, with you and all those heavy hitters, man, there's no way. That's good. There's no way. <laughs> like, there's no way it won't. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, yeah. I really believe in what you're doing. Um, just keep chipping away. I love the mentality that you have and the way you're approaching things. Yeah, and we we appreciate you, man. Thanks. I mean, you're you're getting not not only ours but several other musicians and bands' words out there, and you know, all just contributing to the. I do it for the music, yeah. man. I <laughs> want it to spread. Thanks for having That's us on. Here. For yeah, sure. Thank you, man.